Jazz. Jam. Can we talk about something really quick? I know I'm a part of the big background. Yeah. This is Talking Over Each Other, episode two. In this episode of the podcast, we'll be talking to five different sex workers on their opinions on how they're being represented in the media. I'd like to issue a very obvious warning for sexually explicit content, as well as a warning for mentions of drug abuse and a trigger warning for mentions of sexual assault and rape. So let it be known that Jam and I are not and have not been sex workers uh, or have not been in the sex work industry. So our our opinions on the matter are inherently invalid because <laughs> we're on the outside looking in. So our critiques um, generally mean nothing. They hold no weight. And our worldview is limited to the fact that we don't exist in this environment and this is not our community. So I watched the documentary um, Hot Girls Wanted a couple, like a year ago or so, and they just came out with like now a series about it. And I saw it on Netflix and it got me really riled up because that documentary, I was expecting it, I was expecting it to be really good because it's Rashida Jones who produced it or directed it or something. And it looked like a really good concept. Like, yeah, pro sex work, these girls are autonomous, they are living their truest feminist self, whatever. Um, and it started out that way and then it got it went sideways towards the middle. In the middle, there was like a scene where this one girl did a scene haha, um, that she wouldn't, she might not have agreed to had she known how far it was going to go. She definitely said after the fact, she was like, it's not that it wasn't consensual. I just didn't necessarily want to be doing that stuff. And then the movie completely changes into this lens of see look at these exploited girls look how sad they are if you really look at them hard enough you can see the like cries for help in their eyes all this like rah-rah sex sexuality and feminism is really just exploitate exploitation and these girls need to be saved from sex work it's inherently bad blah 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 and i was really taken aback because I'm not a sex worker and that pissed me off. I hated that they were using this huge platform to talk about sex workers and then they completely fucked it up where they were just like, JK, we're just doing the same lens that everyone always talks about that sex workers need to be saved and this is not actually a feminist thing for you to do. This is not a worthwhile business venture. You're just really fucking yourself up. I think the dangerous part too is that it's kind of presented in this way where it's like we're going to do a perspective that hasn't been shown before. We're actually going to just show like the fact that sex workers are people and we're going to um, talk to them about the things about their work that makes them happy and like all this stuff. And then by dissolving back into something that has been done a million times, it's not that these women's stories are not worth being told. It's the fact that there's a narrative that seemed to be pushed where it's like they were autonomous before and something changed that was out of their control, which meant that inherently their entire career in sex work was out of their control. And 
that's dangerous. You even look at like the the shots that they choose to use of them throughout the movie. It goes from like these four, three or four young girls who are so happy and joyful and they look like they're having the best time of their lives. They're young and doing it. But it's a facade. At the end, they're all sullen. They're like, they look like they're about to cry. They're like, I miss my parents. And like, yeah, no, that can be completely true and so valid. The problem is, is this is the same fucking narrative that keeps coming up every time. People are like, look, fresh new take on the sex worker narrative. And every single time it's the same story that they're being exploited, that this is really just sex trafficking, that there's no autonomy to be found in the sex work industry, and that every person is being abused in this in this industry and they need to be saved from it because they can't save themselves. So. And also I think it's it, it's kind of pushing this idea that if you don't already want to escape, like escape in quotes, uh, sex work or be saved from sex work, you're going to eventually. Mm. So it's, it's going to get so bad. Yeah, that and it's like, like, well, you should actually just quit while you're behind because it's only downhill from here. And like by painting this thing where you have these women who are happy and joyful and doing all these good shit and then by the end of the movie they're sullen and miserable and miserable and and talking about all the things that they dislike about their work it's like all that does is reinforce the idea that you can only be happy when you start sex work like when you first oh, it's get impossible it. to leave happy you or it's impossible you to can't be can't stay happy and you can't leave happy and you're only happy at the beginning because you're misguided and, and because you're naive. You're naive or you don't have access to information that would change your mind. Because or, undoubtedly, once you receive that new information, like it's going to go too far or people are going to exploit you, you will want to get out. That's fucked up. The only, that's, there's that one story and the only other difference to that story is those are what they call the sex positive sex worker positive stories mm -hmm. the negative ones are the ones where it's like this girl started stripping jk now she's got a pimp who's actually trafficking her she's only 14 blah, blah, blah. she's having the worst time of her life so it's literally either you're naive and you're gonna get your ass handed to you or you're being trafficked or your ass has already been handed to you because you're in sexual slavery you're being trafficked you're being loaded up with drugs and you didn't make this choice consensually, which is infuriating. Mm -hmm. And we're not even sex workers. And this pisses me off this. Like, I can't imagine watching this shit as a sex worker and being like, hmm, this is supposed to represent me. And that's what you're met with. Like, one angle that I guess is worth kind of discussing is, is representation not in, like, narrative media or documentary it's kind of in um, in social media. Like, if, we're, if we talk about, like, Amber Rose, Black China, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, you were a sex worker when you were younger, and you became successful after Once the fact. Once you got out. And it's not, like, honestly, I will love Amber Rose until the day that I die. There's absolutely nothing bad I could ever say about her. Um, but that is also another angle of sex work that we are um, confronted with all the time where it's like you can be a stripper or a sex worker or whatever when you're younger and it's absolutely necessary mm -hmm. but that's not where you're going to find your success that's not where, where you're going to find your happiness and it's only once you get out that then you can start to 
build on it's as if that like sex work can only be um a foundation can only be a stepping block you have to go somewhere after sex work or sex work can't be your end goal for whatever career or it can't be something that you're moving into happily and planning on staying there for like more than a month which is why we decided to interview um some sex workers and just try to figure out not figure out but um just suss out to see if like what people think of the things that work in Yeah, because I mean, obviously, we can come to conclusions as much as we want, and it's never going to actually affect the lives of sex workers or how they feel like they can speak about their experiences or whatever. Um, I think that if we're going to do anything that doesn't personally reflect our experiences, we ought to be well no it's important to it's important to say I don't understand this because it doesn't affect me um and do the work necessary to find out what what those viewpoints are from people who it is affecting like without being like teach me yeah I think generally asking questions that's the thing that I wanted to just kind of stipulate is that it's not like um, I need to understand the intricacies of representation of sex workers in popular media, and I need you to tell me. No, no, no it's just that's not even what. Like, that's definitely that, not what we're that doing. Wasn't it's what we literally did at all. like, hey, I watched this documentary. Did you watch the documentary? Do you feel the same way that I do? If not, do you want to talk about it? less of like we are trotting out some examples, and they're going to teach you some things. It's it's just. Hey, do you want to talk about this? Because I I have some thoughts. I'd like to hear your thoughts as well. Yeah, and it's it's the idea that like uh, marginalized groups need to explain themselves to like the rest of the world. The rest of the world is obviously really unfair. Um, and but luckily, luckily we had people who wanted to share their experiences with us and take 10, 15 minutes and just talk to us about like who they are and what they think about being sex workers or no longer being sex workers, whatever the case may be. Um, and, and how they're being represented and misrepresented. Yeah. And we are super, super grateful. Of the five women that we spoke to, they were ranging in age from 18 to 24, from Canada to the States to Australia. Some of them were escorts, some were cam girls, some of them worked in massage parlors, and a few of them were sugar babies. One thing they did have in common, though, was when we asked if they felt like they had ever seen any media or documentaries they felt represented them and sex work well, we were pretty much offered the same answer across the board. This is Jordan, Madeline, and Ruby. Um, zero. Definitely (laughs) all of the ones I've seen are not very positive. They definitely painted as, like, an immoral, an immoral, like, profession. I don't think that I've ever seen... Um, any kind of, like, representation that I could identify with. Because I'm, like, not a party girl, Mm -hmm. and I'm not, like, extraordinarily poor, and I'm not, like, I don't really fit into these, like, or, and I'm not also, like, a Russian beauty who came to America and is now (laughs) $700 an hour for her company. Like, none of those things, these, like, images that we have Mm -hmm. of sex workers ever really resonated with me. This is, it's quite specific to what I was doing, but, um, there is a, um, 
I guess it's a documentary. It's, it's called Cam Girls. Yeah, there is actually, um, this is, again, quite specific to Australia. We had this um, this series on, on ABC, the Australian Broadcasting Network uh, Corporation here. Um, they did this series that was basically like, you can't ask that. Um, and they did um, segments with like uh, trans people, um, polyamorous people, and they did one to sex workers. Um, which was basically just like the premise of the show is sitting, you know, minorities down, oppressed minorities, and asking them the questions that people want to ask, which sounds shitty, but basically it gives these people back the power to like laugh at the questions and be like, oh my fucking God, I've gotten this question so many times, it sucks. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, telling people how that's actually a false misconception or um, how that's a harmful misconception. Um, and, um, yeah, so that's, that's basically the only thing that I've seen as well as cam goals, which I feel like is a very like glossy sort of, um, perception of camming, which I don't mind because we're so inundated with, um, with so much negativity Mm -hmm. surrounding sex work in terms of documentaries. So refreshing to have something that's almost like a little bit like not really glamorized but just very much like this is good this is good this is good and just like not really much of like what is negative about so like for me like the reason why I stopped scanning um full time and I still have active accounts and whatnot it's really like the the reasons for me are very much like it is a you have to have a very entrepreneurial um, business mind to be successful um, and you have to be willing to dedicate hours and hours and hours and hours to maintaining your online presence and communicating with your regulars and putting yourself out. Like, I just don't have the patience in my own personal life to do that in my social media. So I just... And that's the thing with private, like, escorting as well that um, turns me off that and with camming. It's just, like, your social media presence and your availability, like, and your connection to your phone can't really be optional. So, like, that's – but that's not really anything to do with, like, being exploited, being – it's more like you have to have the right attitude to sex work in this sense. And I find working in a brothel, working in a massage parlor suits me more at the moment because I'm not wanting – to be my own boss, I'm happy just to go in and work for someone else, do my shit and go back and, and just like have my downtime and not be like on my phone all the time. Cause I fucking hate that so much. Well, I think that it's mainly just like a lack of nuance with that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And the fact that it is usually, I mean, especially with documentaries on Netflix, you're not going to find something that was actually like produced by and written by and filmed by people that, are actually in the industry. It's always someone that's kind of like looking in and who's curious about it. And mm-hmm. all of those might be coming from like really genuine places. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that where they fall short, in my personal opinion, is like you were saying, is they get really kind of stuck on sort of like the fairy tale ending part of it where it's like, oh yeah, these girls are going through this like really difficult thing, go them, and then go them even more when they leave. Another commonality that we encountered was that the narratives that these documentaries are pushing 
is that girls and sex work need to be saved and how that sometimes translates into their clients wanting to save them. This is Jordan. Unfortunately, we had a really bad connection when we were talking, so it's a little bit quiet. They don't, like, really want to save me. They just want to, like, make me theirs. Like, I want you to be my girlfriend, and, like, you don't have to do this. Like, I'll pay you, but, like, I just want your money. And and then, you know, like, I have I have dudes who are just like, oh, like, let me get your phone number. Like, I'll pick you up for dinner. Like, you'll see that you don't have to do this anymore. You're too smart for this place. Blah, blah, blah. Like, you are paying me to be It's interesting yeah. that it's it's framed in the lens of like they're only doing this because they have to once they leave then like they've been redeemed and I just I think that's really like it's a shallow viewpoint yeah. I feel like to imp- impose on people I think that mostly that thing it, what it does is it kind of um sort of like waters down the actual like horrific trauma that comes from like trafficking and all of those like like really scary things mm-hmm. that we're all like really it's very tense and it's like oh here's this thing that's kind of similar to that and we're gonna equate it with each other and it's like the experience that I had doing this shit was like nothing like some 15 year old girl getting forced into it it's mm-hmm. like those are comp- t- so different you know Again, I apologize for the sound quality. This is Jordan and Delta. Confusing sex trafficking with sex work, which yeah. is consensual. That's like essentially just the difference between sex and rape because rape is not sex. It's like the difference between like a slave and an employee or a business a owner. Like if you can make that differentiation, then you could tell the difference between a sex worker and a sex slave. They seem they make it seem like it's not um that also all sex workers are forced into sex work and that's not that any individual can't make the conscious decision to actually begin a career it does make me very annoyed because it makes me feel like you think i'm stupid like you think that like i can't go into this um profession on my own if i didn't want to be doing it i wouldn't be i actually have a lot of like friends who don't don't like it they're like um like you shouldn't be doing this like you shouldn't be giving your body away and like you shouldn't like it's all they're like it's always going to be a dominant and a like submissive like you're always going to be on the bottom and I'm like well there's always going to be a boss and an employee like it's the same thing it's right? just a different yeah it's just, just a different a structure different yeah for whatever reason like some people like you know they choose to work at McDonald's you know what I mean but it's also situational they're like I would never work at a McDonald's if I didn't have to make money but I chose to work here it's the same way like I chose to work you know, where I work. The, the personal emotional investments and the, like, fact that I'm, sh- in some cases, I'm, like, literally sharing my body with you. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that, so that job in particular can be a lot more draining, you know, and then harder to complain about. Everyone bitches about their job. I mean, everybody, you bitch about your job sometimes. And if you're a sex worker and you're like, fuck, this sucks today. Like, this guy was an asshole. Da-da-da. It's like, the whole thing, you need to be saved. It kind of, like, starts coming into play. You know, you can't, it's like, you don't really have room to just kind of have a shitty day at work. It can sometimes be um, unsafe for sex workers to, um, and I mean, sometimes sex workers are very much, like, 
I'm okay to be completely open and honest and et cetera. But um, for, you know, sex worker to um, show her family maybe or, like, you know, whatever her, in her personal life, friends, et cetera, um, could be potentially um, unsafe if um, she had, you know, very, very obsessive clients or a stalker or, like, that, that's the only thing that's wrapped up into um, that that I can think would be a reason not to pursue that. But, of course, mm-hmm. that's based on, I think, individual, um, like, it's just, like, autonomy, basically, to decide on, like, what to show in that situation. And there's many different ways to show, um, like, a dynamic personality and a, a human um, so it's just like, and all of the camp girls I know um, have very, very different lives than what they show on their online presence. Um, and the same thing with that work, you know, person to person, it's just like, I have a backstory, you know, and like, it's, if my clients were to see me in a documentary setting, mm-hmm. um, you know, they would see a different person mm-hmm. and that sort of illusion that you sell um it helps maintain safety parameters there's still ways to sort of combat that and and work around that you just have to be willing to be flexible and i think that's the thing with a lot of tv is that it's not flexible and it's not smart um they can't come up with ways to be engaging without this sort of like Wow, like this thing being exploited. Ah. Like yeah. as you said, in that um, the trajectory of that show was basically just like, you know, it seemed fine until it wasn't, and then all this shit started happening, and that's how they create what they see as good television or good movies or good whatever. So they they need to make it marketable and compelling, and that's you know a problem with um, how TV is consumed and made, but also. Um, you know, you, you can actually still do that if you um, if you wanted to, but you just have to be a bit smarter with how you actually um, presented that and yeah. allowed and gave, you know, sex workers a bit of less power and, like, ability to, to decide what they wanted to share. To get into the broader topic, that is documentaries constantly pushing the exploited sex worker narrative slash sex work is inherently exploitative or coerced, we talked to Sierra about Hot Girls Wanted. I feel like they tried to force the fact that it was somewhat anti-feminist. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, they're like, you don't have to do this. Like, by the end, like, they make it seem to young women who are watching, oh, you don't have to do this. When it, like, as if it's, like, so anti-feminist to be taking control of your own sexuality and, like, using that as your profession. Like, as if, like, you doing what you want with your own body, your own sexuality, like, using that as a way to like, have a livelihood, like, (laughs) they make it seem like that's such a bad thing that it's so impossible. Like, it also, like, it hinders the stories, the real stories of the real women who are really doing it, you know? You know, I think that the exploitative um, angle is much easier for people to consume. Um, It's much more accessible, and it fits in with... um, like misconceptions and flawed notions that people have about sex workers already. Right. So it's 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 more marketable. It's more like you know, and people have that like, oh, of course, it's like that. That's what I thought. You know, it's like makes people feel smart. People don't want to be made to feel stupid, right? 
people don't want to be made to feel like they have a flawed worldview. So, of course, producers are going to go down that path again and again and again because it reinforces that sort of behaviour and that, like, you know, mentality. It's mm-hmm. completely supported by, um, by what people are consuming, so... The population's perspective on this concept of sex work and all that that means is like it's really fucking heavy and you have to carry it every day Mm -hmm. you know and that's the other thing like it really just doesn't it doesn't just go go away and the people that have the opportunity to talk about it like I feel like really just so happy that this is like the way that I'm being able to talk about it because when I'm assuming you're working on this big documentary and all this stuff and these people want you to have a certain narrative like it's kind of confining and you aren't able to give like a full like fleshed um expression mm-hmm. of what happened you know they're gonna edit shit out yeah you know yeah. if you start talking about stuff they don't want it to put in their movie why not just edit it out? That's what people do. You know, yeah. oh, that didn't really work for this part. So I actually um, kind of dabbled in, like, sugaring. That's what I was, like, in my brain filtering it as, like, mm-hmm. when I was underage, though. So I was, like, 17. Okay. And um, I had a really horrible, bad, very bad time. It was not good or safe or smart or any of the good things. And um, the first person that I met, like, raped me. And it was, like, really scary and all this stuff. And, but I stuck with it after that. Um, and once I turned 18, because I was pretty good at it, like, once I kind of figured out what I wanted to do. And um, so I was a full-service sex worker and, like, occasionally did camming stuff. Um, And also, like, a sugar baby, kind of. Like, I had a couple of dudes that I saw where it was more, like, consistent. Okay, so I'm from L.A. And L.A. is a terrible, god-awful place. (laughs) And so I escaped from there. happened to be doing sex work at the same time. But I wouldn't say that, like, I freed myself from these bonds. Because it was like, well, either I can do this, or I can go work at a fucking pizza place. I don't feel like I'm completely accurately represented. I mean, there definitely are some bad times. Like, like, with any profession, there are Mm -hmm. some bad times. It just depends on what you're comfortable with and what, like your calling is you know i'm not sure if you're familiar with like tilly lawless um Mm. she's a um pretty uh outspoken like sex worker activist um in sydney and she she she's like a cis white attractive like escort um but she writes very very beautifully about um about sex work and about her experience but then again it's just like again the sex work narrative is and she's like addressed this as well she's like I am white I am um, cis I am privileged in this situation um, so I find it hard that people do sort of look to me to um, answer what sex work is because sex work is, is multifaceted and like I, I have trans friends who um, who work at the parlor with me and the reason they can work there is because they part like they are just like 
trying to pass and trying to force themselves to be the thing that they are not. So mm-hmm. they're constantly getting misgendered. Um, and they're doing that, like, you know, to earn a living and they're, they've made their peace with that. But at the same time, it's, that's, that's how they sort of make money. They can't just be like, oh, please call me they don't refer to me as she and they have to like I can't like they've asked me expressly like to use she at work right so you know they like have to ask to be misgendered to um, ensure their safety um I think the reason why it's so hard to talk about or like people don't want to talk about it is because these groups in society already experience so Mm. much violence and sex workers experience even more violence so if you add those components together, it's just like these are people who will be routinely murdered, Yeah, you know, and that, that's an uncomfortable truth in our society that like, you know, people of colour and trans people and sex workers are all groups that are at risk of, you know, like assault and murder yeah. and rape. And, and it's even like that's... um with like this patronizing lens too. It's like, um, well, if you were already oppressed in these ways, why did you bother getting into sex work if it's just going to make it worse? Do you know what I mean? It's like instead yeah, of being yeah. like, I should be able to do these things without being <laughs> like having violence done against me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's definitely... I'm not asking for violence to happen to me. Right? By, by virtue of being me. It's, it's so like... stupid. I feel like I hear a lot that it's, you know, it's a job. It's just like any other job and, like, whatever. That's kind of the other perspective that's kind of becoming more talked about. But I don't really feel like it is like any other job because you have to, I mean, the amount of vulnerability that happens is, like, exponentially larger than being a barista. I mean, both of them are totally ways that you can make money, and you should be safe as a barista, you should be safe as a sex worker, those things are true, but it's, like... It is, like, a lot of, like, women of colour who are being um, exploited in these situations of of sex trafficking, and um, the fact of the matter is that you know, people find it much easier to look to, um, you know, white sex workers like myself. And I, I realise, like, I come from a, like, privileged position in this um, for, like, what sex work is. And it it often overtakes any sort of um, any narrative or any um, other experience that um, women of colour, people of colour might have in sex work. Yeah. And that, yeah, like, for the for the most part, it, it does happen that, like, um, you know, that sort of, like, and it's still happening in Australia, like, um, like these sort of bondage contracts where, um, you know, women are, are brought over from overseas and the cost of, of their airfare and, like, accommodation is put in a sort of contract and they have to pay it off. Mm. Um, and it's, it's usually women from, like, um, third world countries or uh, from Asia, um, which is appalling. And the reason why people don't look twice is because a lot of these women don't speak English and that's quite normal in in sex work and in um, paths. And I find that some clients will pick people specifically because they don't speak English. 
and they, they, they ask, where are the Asian girls? Where are the blah? Because, of course, that, that sort of is an added power dynamic. Well, I, I appreciate them coming out and telling their stories because it should be, it should be known, everyone, it should be known. But I think that people should also know that that's not everyone's experience. That it wasn't my, it's not my experience right now. And, um, like, I just, it makes me feel like I, me and every other sex worker are stigmatized as, like, these, like, hurt people, these unhappy hurt people who are, like, not living their best lives or who aren't really happy. She had Sasha Gray, like, come onto her show, and she was like, here's this, like, young porn actress, and she's been in a hundred movies, and she's 18, like, we're gonna talk about it. I remember watching it, like, at first and being, like, so excited, I'm like, that's really impressive! Like, how do you have the time? <laughs> Porn videos at eighteen. Wow. Anyway, but as the as it went on, it was like in in this time, Sasha Gray was like really adamant. Like, this is how I'm expressing myself. This is how I'm exploring this. These are like all of this stuff, and the questions that were being asked to her were so slanted mm-hmm. and like really wanting to get the certain question the well I'm doing it now but I really want to get out damsel in distress you know and Sasha Gray just like wasn't having it mm-hmm. like youtubers do YouTube people do like blogs and stuff like everyone is expressing themselves and some people want to express express themselves with their sexuality I am personally never gonna spend four thousand like four thousand four hundred dollars like to get my hair done like mm-hmm. I would I can't do that but I can let someone else do that for me so we talked to five different people um in varying areas of sex work um and in varying um parts of the world parts of the world yeah we have two people from Toronto um two people from the states and one person from Australia um just to get their opinions on everything and I think like I was expecting some things that were along the lines of what we were already talking about and that people would um, agree with us on some points. And, like, also we got countered with some really good state, Like, not, like, counter-arguments, but just some really good um, think points, I guess. Yeah, and because, because again, it's, it's something that's outside of our worldview and outside of, like, our immediate experience, there, you, there, there's going to be ideas that are presented to you that you just would never have thought of yourself like mm-hmm. I, that's kind of what I felt the most not like oh I learned so much thank you for educating me it's just like you actually just brought me out of my bubble for mm-hmm. a minute no it 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 gave us the opportunity to um consider things that we would have no way of considering because Prior. of our position yeah as non-sex workers yeah uh, like I even like the fact that there are um like, there's, like, a theme of people talking, like, it's a job, it's not just a job, blah, blah, blah. Like, I like that there's, even within, like, five different sex workers, we have opposing opinions on that. Mm-hmm. Generally, everybody was on board with the, like, these documentaries are fucking foul and yeah. they're offensive. Um, but then again, it's, like, kind of some ideas on the extreme either side of the spectrum and then a couple just kind of teetering in the middle like yeah I mean I kind of see myself represented yeah uh more often than not it's incorrect whatever but it's not like 
hard yes or a hard no. Yeah. Um, which, I don't know, it's, it's really cool. Even people who, obviously, everyone's experience is going to be different, so even doing the same type of sex work for the same amount of time or whatever will render a different opinion. Mm-hmm. And the, the the whole point of this wasn't even to, like, come out of it with anything. Like, it wasn't supposed to be, oh, we have now learned this and that. And yeah, like I feel no like resolution. I've, I've gained this, and now my opinion is solid. It was more just, like, I feel like now I, I can understand things a little bit better. I don't like forming an opinion without, I don't know, like, researching. Not to sound like a fucking dick, but, no, like... But that- should be what you do. I know, I know. I just sound like, an, I'm like, I research every point I think in my head. But I just, especially on a topic that doesn't even close to touch me, I think it's really important to at least listen to other people who are from that marginalized group and, you know, have that shape my, my opinions on the matter. And for a while, I've kind of always told myself, like, oh, if your feminism does not include sex workers, it's not intersectional. And, um... Because it's not an experience that is directly in my circle, like friends that I have, as far as I know, are not sex workers. Um, it's not something that I could ever just ask a friend and be like, hey, what are your thoughts on this? Mm-hmm. Do you have other people that I can talk to? Because I'm trying to amp up my feminism. Like, <laughs> well, just, well, just expand your worldview. Just expand too. my worldview and understand the opinions of more people and where they're coming from and Again, it's not even to get anything out of it. It's no, just it's like... It's just to be more knowledgeable, I guess. And just to hear people. Enriched. It's just like... I just want to hear people. I want to like actually just... I listen. Listen to women. So they have so much going on. I know. And I, I just... I'm really happy with the way that this turned out. Yeah, I think... I think it was 10 out of 10, the interviews that we got, the people we talked to were super awesome. Yeah. Very sweet girls across the board. It was a great time. It's just all posy, you know? Like, so good all the time, killing it, doing the damn thing. Very excellent. Very excellent. Do you want to go get food? Yeah, do you want to get McDonald's? Yeah, I definitely want McDonald's. Is it bad if we just have McDonald's for lunch, or...? It doesn't matter if you get McDonald's breakfast. Can you grab my smokes? Yeah, my pocket.